Welcome to Around the IT Block Podcast, presented by HPE. I'm your host, the IT Oddfather, Calvin Zito. This is podcast number 25, and in this conversation, we're going to take up a topic we haven't talked about before, and that's, that's always a good thing to do. So in this conversation, we're going to talk about healthcare and kind of what are some of the big issues going on with within healthcare and uh, IT, and what's HPE doing? So with me on this conversation is Rich Bird. Rich, I mean, I always see your uh, face on the um, Zoom calls that we're on together, and I'm really glad that you and I get to have a conversation here this time. So why don't you tell everybody about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kelvin. And uh, thank you for having me on. I'm the Well, I'm the worldwide lead for HP's health and life science business. And what that really means is I have the pleasure of speaking to the digital healthcare experts that work at Hewlett Packard Enterprise all over the world. And this is exciting to me because the people that work here either have long histories in the technology industry or the healthcare industry or both. And it's my job really to understand what's going on within healthcare, what technology is available to improve the care that we deliver for patients around the world, but then also how that technology can be used to uh, protect and make better the experience for the people that work within healthcare, delivering healthcare to patients. So, you know, we talk about how we in, uh, advance the way people live and work. And for me, my passion uh, about healthcare really fits into both of those camps. How we make people live, improving outcomes for patients. How we enable people to work better is really giving, well, sometimes giving uh, clinical teams the tools to do their job better, but more often than not, giving them tools that disappear and get out of the way of them delivering care face-to-face to patients whilst making sure that everything is recorded and analyzed so they can do the best possible analysis and offer the best possible treatments to real people. So maybe a place to start is where I think it's a good place to start. A lot of um, IT conversations is digital transformation. And I was hosting a panel at Discover a few years ago with someone rather um, well, well, known to us, but from a rather large studio that made movies. And I asked a question then, like five years ago, about digital transformation. And this person kind of rolled their eyes and like, yeah, there's not the mm-hmm. digital transformation. I, I, I don't know. To me, I'm I'm getting I'm getting a little leery when there's eye rolls of discussions with digital transformation. So maybe without like causing too many eye rolls and using too many gobbledygook words, talk to me about what's going on within healthcare and digital transformation. Sure. And I, I feel your pain, Calvin. I I see the 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 eye rolls and the cliches from people that it is one of those magic buzzwords that we assume that people know what that mean. But for me, Within healthcare, it's very clear. It's very complicated as well. So give me a couple of minutes just to piece this out. I'll I'll, I'll say it in a way. Well, let me say it like this. Digital transformation in healthcare is the transformation of human analog bodily signals into information that an individual can make better decisions on. And coming back to what I was saying earlier, is that individual a patient with them wearing a a medical, well, a wristwatch that records their footsteps? Footstep is an analog signal. 
we turn that into digital information, the, the individual could perhaps choose to take more footsteps tomorrow. Their heart rate, we see some more, not clinical level, but definitely more like prosumer devices, not FDA approved, but the Apple Watch can uh, detect AFib. Now, obviously, you still need to seek a doctor based on the information that it gives you. But that is another example of an analog signal, a heart rate being turned into digital information that can be used for the user that, you know, the quantified self user to make better decisions for themselves. When we think start to think about at bedside medical devices, you know, IOT is another big trend that we've got and, you know, perhaps another cliche, but Healthcare has used Internet of Things device. Well, they've used thing dev many different devices that have not always been connected. Now, what we see is those devices becoming connected. So we see at bedside medical devices can be integrated into a medical record system. So again, taking blood pressure, heart rate. Uh, blood glucose levels, another good example, turning that analog information, digitally transforming that into information that somebody else can make a better decision of. So that's that's the edge, right? So when we when we talk about edge to cloud, the far edge will be on your wrist. The the edge will be in the in the hospital at the bedside. Is it a medical imaging machine? Uh, telehealthcare really brings the edge and the cloud together. So whether that's us taking healthcare interactions to patients where they are, making healthcare more convenient to them, or whether it's using some of our digital technology to take digital information to the care admin teams where they are, you know, over the pandemic, non-patient facing care teams have also been asked to work from home. How do we get that information to them? And then in the clinic, of course, the real digital transformation there, when we think about medical records and digital medical imaging, that is again, taking images of individuals and the, and the the intelligence and the care coming from the care teams going into the notes of the medical record, again, that's all digital transformation. Ultimately, all this data, and then when we start to think about hybrid cloud and HPC, all of the data that's been digitized across this, you know, edge to cloud story is really uh, turning up in the HPC. So we could do some more precise, more precision medicine. And that is more like treating people for conditions that they actually do have rather than us guessing what they might have. So that is from the patient perspective. It's very easy for me to say all of those transformations takes place in some sort of application. So rather than an individual writing down their blood pressure, that is digitally transformed into an application. The medical imaging, of course, that at one point in time, it would have been printed onto film. Now there will be an application and a hardware infrastructure that supports that transformation. So, you know, in the future, we can really do some interesting things uh, with AI and machine learning. But that's perhaps something you want to ask me about later. You know, when I think about healthcare. It seems as though there's not too many things, too many environments that move slower to change than healthcare. I mean, I think maybe state government. I've got a friend that, well, he works actually worked at the VA hospital here in, mm -hmm. in Boise, mm -hmm. Idaho, and he was still working there because they had an application that was in Fortran that they didn't want to change. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he was an older guy and they wanted him to, he knew Fortran. So he, they hired him as a contractor to keep working on this app. Anyway, so they're slow to change. Mm. Slow to change and digital transformation 
don't seem to be things that work together very well. What what's really happening? Is it is it actually changing? And if it is, what kind of things are holding I, IT and healthcare back from actually embracing this stuff? Yeah, it, to me, this is one of the more fascinating things that the the industry that could benefit the most from this transformation is perhaps the the not the least likely, but they're definitely late adopters because a lot of their uh, capital investment will go into actual medical devices. These devices that they will use for 10 or 15 years before they have to refresh it uh, for something else. And I think like a little bit of the answer is hidden in your question, Calvin, is that if it works, why change it? Because there is a need for it to work all the time because literally lives depend on this technology. And don't get me wrong, there has been a significant movement over the last 10 years. You will still find examples now where medical records aren't digitized. My local hospital, I live in Derby in the Midlands, my local hospital only has an electronic medical medical record system in some departments. In other departments, it's still paper-based. I was there recently with my mom. There was a, a porter pushing her in a wheelchair and a porter pushing their medical records in a wheelchair. Another uh, very key point in uh, the transformation in healthcare is the uh, the eminence that so I, I used to have a CTO that always talked about how healthcare should be evidence based, where at the moment it's eminence based because a lot of the knowledge is in the uh, the minds and the experience of the clinical care teams and having those individuals move some of the older individuals as well. Right. Don't get me wrong. Some of the, the younger ones grown up with having technology in their hands faster to adopt this newer uh, application based technology. But there is a certain inertia within the clinical teams of this is the way I've always done it. Move it on to a, an electronic medical record system can seem like a big jump. But I'm encouraged to see quite a lot of uh, government sponsored and uh, government funded uh, projects over the years, meaningful use in the states, uh, a little bit moved to value based care, where we're actually linking uh, how we fund healthcare to the proper use of technology. So there's quite there's quite a few bits in that answer in that answer, Kelvin. They're sl- they're slow to move because they need it to work. There is a cultural element that means it won't move as fast as it as it might. But what we've seen from the pandemic and the way the funding routes have changed all over the world, we do see this transformation happening now. This need to uh, focus on people's wellness rather than fixing them when they're sick, that is a little bit more about value-based care, is definitely a strong trend that we see coming down the road. So I don't want to turn this too much into talking about what we do or what our strategy is. Yeah, actually, I do a little bit. Um <laughs> You know, we're we're the edge to cloud company. And when I think of an industry that matches that, I mean, there's a there's a meeting happening soon to have people explain what does edge to cloud really mean? Mm-hmm. When I think mm-hmm. of edge to cloud, I mean, healthcare is maybe one of the most, most perfect examples of edge to cloud. Talk to me about how what you see that and maybe not playing too much into what HPE does, but we're, we need to talk about what HPE is doing here. So how, how does Edge to Cloud in healthcare match up with what HPE is doing? Well, uh, for me, it's really interesting. With looking at looking across our, and I don't, want, I don't even want to say this, but looking across our full portfolio, which is a, a, a thing to say as it is, right? But 
what what we really need is the the data within healthcare is huge and only getting bigger we can't delete a lot of the data that we do have and we need the data to be available across the pathway of the patient so like i was saying a little bit earlier edge to cloud is on the patient's wrist you know some of our technology goes to protect applications on end user devices and ensures the security of that application across multiple clouds at bedside medical devices if they are IP enabled and a lot of them are these days need to be securely connected to a network feeds into our Aruba portfolio and all the security capabilities that we have around that making sure that what's connected to the network should be connected ensuring that you know with the with some of the AI stuff that we do making sure that the photocopier on a hospital network is not accessing the financial system you know the 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 uh, security technology that we have embedded within our uh, network infrastructure is fascinating, not to mention the uh, real-time location services that comes along with Aruba. And that's fascinating in terms of some of the, the work that we've done with uh, application partners where they can give patients a maps-like experience, getting them from the front door to their clinic on time so they don't miss their appointment. And that's a great example of how technology can actually make healthcare more efficient because if a patient misses their appointment, that's a loss of revenue for the uh, care facility and it's a bad experience for the patient. Right in that center, like I was saying earlier, telehealthcare and virtualized healthcare, some of our VDI solutions, how do we get the data to remain in the data center, but also get it to locations where the administration teams can work on that to make sure that the healthcare that is being delivered is paid for. We've got a huge experience and customers and partners delivering VDI solutions, which is exactly that, healthcare everywhere, access to healthcare securely from any device, from any, well, not any individual, from a, a, an individual that's got the relevant role-based access to that information. So it frees the, the clinicians from the clinic and it frees the administrators from the admin building. When I talk about medical records and uh, medical imaging, we've got relationships from a medical imaging perspective with some of the largest brands. If anybody listening to this has ever been in an MRI or uh, been for an x-ray, chances are that some of our technology will either be in that machine or be used to record and communicate the data that comes from those machines. Medical records, our platforms are tested and validated against medical record systems. So the medical records are not laggy. It works right for the, the clinical team and that data is available. And again, back to what I was talking about earlier with the, the HPC and AI, that, that's where the real potential is for me. Because for me, AI in healthcare, it's kind of two things. It's real-time AI where we've got video analytics, knowing if a patient's fallen out of bed, you know, this patient needs to go get picked up. But then also when we think about this digital transformation that has taken place over the last 10 years, we need to go analyze that. I did a story a couple of weeks ago around the uh, the digital footprint that we leave for future generations. And to me, this is fascinating. You know, perhaps it's a wives' tale. Walt Disney's Frozen. You know, not frozen in carbonite, but, fro you know, cryogenically frozen. So at one point in the future, we can thaw him out and fix the condition that the, uh, he died from. It's really interesting for me that from this, you know, this data edge to cloud, we're leaving a digital legacy. So generations of AI and machine learning in the future can go access 
all that data and to be able to see, oh, this person was in this area, they had this kind of social upbringing, and it led to these outcomes in their lives. So we can deliver a future of healthcare that is really focused on treating people for conditions that they might have or avoiding treatment altogether based on the insights that we've gleaned from the digital footprint that we do have. That idea of the digital footprint is interesting, and I don't know. You've, I think the answer you just gave may not need expounding on, but what it made me think of as you're talking through all this is you know, this this concept that we're hearing people talk about a lot lately is data-first transformation. And mm-hmm. I mean, everything you've been talking about seems to fit, and you know, we started this conversation talking about digital, digital transformation. It seems as though maybe that really is the revolution in healthcare is getting to data-first transformation. A hundred percent. Whether that data is, is as it comes in, so real-time data analytics, well, another one of the use cases using video analytics to look at the the operational utilization of an operating theater. Are we waiting for individuals, you know, human intervention to say this operation's finished, uh, let's start the cleanup, or can we use video analytics for better care coordination, better coordination across care teams, so we can have that operating theater. Um, more efficiently used so we can see more patients with the with the the resources that we do have and then again for the longer term how do we then leverage the data that we do have or better use that use the data that we do have for for generations of the future but like you say in healthcare this is all about data this is about the the data that the patient carries with them and in some instances, you know, the data starts being collected before birth. It remains being stored and analyzed up to 30 years after death in some countries. That's a lot of data. And as a, you know, as a former storage guy, that's always like, yeah, that's exciting. That's terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of data per patient. And if, you know, you're somebody that's getting an MRI because of some medical condition, boy, just that's just going to all add up quickly. Mm. Yes, and it's always getting the the resolution of the data is always increasing. And one of the nuance of uh, medical imaging is you can't compress it. So that storage footprint, yeah, is always growing. So you have me thinking about something personal. And I don't, I don't know. I always, you know, for me, my brain always goes to comparing and trying to make things experiential. And to me, that's just the way how I learn best. But I was hit by a car crossing the street. Um, four years ago, got taken to the ER. They took an x-ray, they took a CAT scan and they said, yeah, everything's good. You're going to might be a little sore and everything's going to be fine. You go home now. And four months later, my back was still messed up. Finally went off and got an MRI. The MRI revealed I actually had a compression fracture that they missed at the ER. And I talked to them about that, called them. And they were like, you know, we're sorry. We're, you know, we're sorry we disappointed you with the level of service we gave you. You know, we're here to save lives. And it has me thinking as you've talked about AI. And the fact is, is the compression fracture that was in that CT scan they took in the ER, they just missed it. You know, I was alive. They didn't see any internal bleeding and they didn't look close enough at it to see there was a compression fracture. Mm-hmm. Is Is there going to be... AI and machine learning that's going to be able to look at that digital image and find things that maybe a rushed 
radiologist that has to get on to the next ER case for the person that is dying. Is there is that where this technology is going to go? I mean, I don't think we ever want to think about replacing medical staff, but is is it going to help make better decisions? No, Calvin, I think your sentiment, like the the AI and the machine learning that the HP and our partners are enabling, is there to augment the care teams, not replace them. Because I hear a lot of like, you know, you see advertising and people talking about the future of healthcare is all going to be robots and holographic doctors. We don't want to enable that. What we do want to enable is exactly like you'd say, uh, use AI and machine learning to enable doctors to be not better at their jobs, but to have them more information that's consumed more quickly. And radiology is always a good example. That some of the work that we do with the the, the medical imaging vendors is really interesting. So there's a there's a couple of ways that you can do it, right? So there is anomaly detection. So is this legion in somebody's lung something to worry about or is it not? Should that go in front of somebody, uh, you know, a human to look at this or shouldn't it? And like what you say in your instance, is this uh, a quote unquote normal looking fracture or is it something that needs human intervention to go and double check? The, again, back to the, the amount of data that's being created compared to the amount of human eyes there are available to um to uh, read and interpret that data is a little bit out of balance so where we can uh, enable machine learning and and ai to go find that is something that's really exciting but for me one of the key things is is having the right data and the right training on the algorithms to ensure that the outcomes that we do find are relevant and are correct. So like you say, Kevin, we can actually better use our care teams for saving more lives. So with HPE, GreenLake is obviously a big deal, and I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of success that we're having um, with healthcare partners, with HPE GreenLake in healthcare. But if we get this right, and I assume we're Assume we're doing a pretty good job right now because you got a job and you're still doing it. What what's next? What's going to come after this? Yeah, so for me, it's really exciting when when we think of you know standing on the shoulders of giants or other cliches like that. When when we when we look at where the the HPE portfolio is going, so and I know that we talk about HPE GreenLake a lot. When I think about HPE GreenLake Edge to Cloud platform, I get really excited for the the CIOs and the CTOs that I speak to in the healthcare industry, because over those last ten years, this this digit this you know digital transformation that has been going on, like I said earlier, that is always based on an application. So a, a clinician or a member of the team finds this new clinical application that delivers great results for patients, but that brings its own infrastructure with it. And it might be a cloud-based infrastructure. It might be a public cloud-based infrastructure where the data is recorded on a device and sent straight up to the cloud. Uh, there are other examples of that where new applications that come into healthcare make a real difference for patient care, patient safety, and you know clinical experience, but they also bring 
um, a vertical infrastructure of, well, a platform that's solely dedicated to that one application, it comes along with it. And that's a huge headache, not only for the people that are trying to support those applications, but for the researchers and the clinical team that are trying to bring all of this data together to give a single view of the patient. What I'm excited about is the the platforms that we are bringing to market from edge, you know, like I was saying earlier, from the user's device connecting to a hospital network, from a medical device connected to the network, all of the applications that are in different parts of the world across the, you know, the hybrid cloud we always talk about can now start to be consolidated into one platform. You know, we talk from a storage perspective, we talk about global namespace and bringing all of the data, making all of the data available to the applications, sorry, for the, you know, the applications and the analysis that we do have. When we get that right and a patient can essentially carry their medical history with them that connects to all of the IT systems uh, securely, right? So the security is always a key consideration. But when the user is choosing who, when, and for how long they can share their medical data with, then that puts a little bit of the power back into the hands of the patients. We start to enable more of that digital patient. You know, you talked about the, the entertainment industry. You know, digital transformation in the entertainment industry has been super disruptive because scarcity within digital entertainment, you know, there's only a certain amount of, well, limited edition runs of a vinyl record there's a hundred of them they you know they become more expensive they become more invaluable uh, movie and tv shows when that is digitized and shared on a larger volume it creates value for the industry when we're at that stage with healthcare where all of this digital data can travel with the patient no matter what infrastructure is on obviously we would argue that it that it should be on the you know the hybrid cloud and the hpe edge to cloud platform but when that data travels with the patient and they make the the decision about how they shared then that's developing real value for the patient community and the you know the the families and the care teams around those patients that's what gets me excited about the future of healthcare it's freeing this data from the institutions and you know the the applications that it's currently to a certain extent locked in now so i think through the out this conversation i think somehow we've managed to talk about just about everything that hpe does you mentioned hpc you mentioned storage you mentioned aruba we mentioned ai we've talked about greenlake for someone that wants to get a, a holistic view of what we are doing around healthcare solutions where's there a good place for them to go find more the one thing I will say, Calvin, the thing that you are you did miss out there is some of our digital next advisory teams. So we've got a healthcare practice that can go in to um, a healthcare provider and help them understand their infrastructure, uh, where their uh, applications are, what applications can be moved. You know, a, a full transformation project. We also have that capability at HP as well, and that's super important because all of that legacy in healthcare systems, they need help for somebody to find that as well, right? So I'll say we we've got. Uh, hpe.com forward slash info forward slash healthcare has quite a bit of information about some of the solutions that we do have or if i may 
I'm on LinkedIn, Rich Bird. Please feel free to reach out to me and I can put you in touch because there are people here that do this. That's another thing that I think I started with, but I'll say again, when I say we are the digital healthcare experts with the products, services, and solutions to deliver integrated, cost-effective, patient-centered healthcare that delivers a healthcare system that's more efficient, improves outcomes for patients, and protects the patient experience and the safety of the staff when i talk about those healthcare experts we have them at hpe come and have a conversation with us that's brilliant hey rich this has been a great conversation i've i, I gotta stop saying this but you know ha having been a former storage guy when i get into these conversations that are new ground to me and i learn a lot for me these are great discussions so i appreciate you being on the podcast today and helping me learn a lot more about what hpe and healthcare is going on Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, and many other podcast subscription services. We've also just got a new home on hpe.com. You can find the podcast on hpe.com slash dmn slash atitb. Love hearing from you on Twitter, where you can find me as Calvin Zito. You can find our blogs at community.hpe.com. Until next time, thanks for joining me.